Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney and this is Living Health Live. Joining me on the show as well as in life and in our practice, Living Health Integrative Medicine, is my wife, Dr. Steph Cheney. We are your trusted source for the latest information to help you get and stay healthy naturally. The information on this show is intended for educational information only. The information given here is designed to help you make informed decisions about your health and is not intended as a substitute for medical treatment. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about how to optimize and troubleshoot your sleep. This is something that we hear from patients all the time. They are complaining about how they're not getting good sleep. They're not sleeping through the night. So we're going to talk all about how you can optimize your sleep. So here are some of the questions we're going to answer. Is sleep really that important? That's something I hear from patients all the time. They're like, look, I, I got to do work. I got to stay up. Is sleep really that important? And then what can I do if I'm not sleeping well? So we're going to go through a whole checklist. We have a handout for you as well. So make sure you stay until the end, um, not only for the handout, but also for questions. So post your questions in the chat. We're going to do a Q&A at the end and we'll go back and we'll answer any questions that you guys have. So it looks like everybody can hear us and see us. Um, I can see some some of you chiming in on the chat board. So um, just tell us where you're from. That'll let me know that you can actually see and hear us okay. And uh, let's jump in. So we got a lot to cover. So let's answer this first question, Dr. Steph. And this is something I get from, from patients all the time. Do I really need sleep? <laughs> I know it's, it's, a, it's a very common thing that we take up with um, our initial new patients a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, early on in their lives, you know, went to went to college and had a job or two and had a social life and somehow got away miraculously without much sleep and, uh, you know, seemingly could catch up on weekends or whatever. And then we have a whole contingency of patients that spent their entire lives working nights. Um, and we have people that just say they live, they've lived their whole lives on four hours of sleep. So what's the big deal? Um, well, here's the big deal. Uh, there are thousands of studies uh, on sleep and less than eight hours a night in the research pretty standardly increases the risk of all of these listed issues, which is a, a, what a lot of our patients come in to us with. Diabetes, immune deficiency, which can obviously be linked to cancer, infections, things like that. It's linked to obesity, heart disease and hypertension, poor cognition into Alzheimer's dementia, depression and anxiety is increased in people that um, aren't sleeping. Uh, in fact, lack of sleep for people is an increased risk of depression and anxiety, even more so than pain and other factors. Um, increased risk of accidents, obviously, using heavy machinery <laughs> when you're not sleeping well is not a good idea. Um, increased perception of pain. So someone may actually have some pain, um, but the perception or the actual awareness of pain can go up and be higher um, with uh, insomnia and lack of sleep. Uh, GERD, so gastrointestinal issues and reflux uh, can be a problem. And then this is, I mean, if this is not a reason to work on sleep in the big scheme of things, uh, deep sleep, and we're going to talk about how to troubleshoot for deep sleep, um, is actually a stage of sleep that where the brain actually cleanses itself. So there is a phase of sleep where um, your brain requires that phase in order to actually sweep out and flush out and pump out all the toxins that it's been built up. Uh, just from its own biochemical processes through the day, but also whatever toxins have, have crossed into the blood-brain barrier um, through the sinuses, through your actual blood and whatnot. Um, and it it's the time that you have to fix your DNA and actually maintain and, and repair chromosomes. And this is the genetic material. And so from an anti-aging perspective, uh, from a dementia perspective, as far as preventing that, um, you know, any kind of fallout on the brain, we need a really good quality sleep in order to maintain brain function 
but it's the actual time of the of the day that the body deep cleanses and actually pumps out and flushes the brain of toxins. And there's no other time of the day that we have other than during our deep sleep phase. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk about the, the next thing is what are the stages of sleep? And let's talk about what happens during those stages. Okay. So these are, there's four main stages of sleep. Obviously, uh, before any of these stages, you are awake. Uh, so for the first stage, this is usually about five minutes to 10 minutes. It's not that long a period of time. This is where you're just getting to bed. Um, you will have some eye movement. It's a very light stage of sleep. Uh, pretty easy to wake up um, and get disturbed uh, if you're woken up at this time. And this is considered non-rapid eye movement sleep. So um, there's REM, people have heard of that, rapid eye movement sleep. And then there's all the other stages are non-REM. Uh, um, so stage one is, is uh, a short initial kind of falling asleep. Stage two uh, is non-REM sleep um, where brain waves actually start to slow down. So now you're going to a deeper level. So it's one level deeper than the first stage. Um, and the body actually starts to detense it starts to relax. The muscles actually start to get into a very, very relaxed state. And then deep three, this is um, a really important phase that many people just don't even get to access, even if they are sleeping seven to eight to nine hours. And this is the deepest. So stage one, then stage two, and then stage three is the actual deepest. It's where the, the heart rate goes the lowest, the blood pressure drops the lowest, the muscles are completely relaxed. The body's pretty much in a, you know, almost like a paralyzed state. Um, and this is where the brain starts to regenerate, repair and clean out. This is where DNA repair happens. This is where regeneration actually occurs. Um, and this is the delta wave um, uh, sleep phase or the slow wave uh, sleep phase. This should amount to ideally, um, you know, 30 minutes a day minimum. Um, and it will tend to decrease as we age. So we have to actually go out of our way to do things to maintain a higher percentage of deep sleep as we age, um, which will then ultimately prevent aging. So we do actually have a lot of control over this. And it may take doing a lot of a lot of little things <laughs> um, to, to make sure that you can get that. And then the last stage uh, is actual REM. Um, where this is where active dreaming occurs. This is where the mind is actually awake. And, and on EKGs, they measure that. The, the mind is awake, but the body is still in, and especially the face and the neck muscles, they're still actually kept in a paralysis state, but the eyes are, are in REM, your rapid eye movement. This is where you're dreaming. This is where you may even have color dreams. Um, pretty much it's like it, the brain is awake and active. This is the processing period but you are still actually asleep and um, you will sort of ebb and flow between stage two and three a few times a night. Um, deep sleep sometimes will occur uh, on, you know, should happen about three times a night and the total amount should amount to a good 30 minutes uh, to an hour if you can swing it. Um, and there's ways that we'll talk about how you can troubleshoot these and um, actually measure uh, where you're at. But all of these phases are important and the, where people have the biggest struggle is getting into stage three and getting enough of stage three and stage four. <clears throat> so we've got the stages. So let's talk about the main sleep issues. So the three that I hear from patients are, I'm having trouble getting to sleep or I'm having trouble staying asleep or getting to sleep and staying asleep and also the quality of sleep. So some patients feel like they're sleeping through the night, but when they wake up, they don't feel well refreshed. They feel like they, they just lack energy. So let's, let's go through and talk about troubleshooting each of these and maybe some of the problems that, that um, could be causing these issues. Yeah, each, each one of these issues can be affected by similar or in some cases, pretty different things. And so we'll talk about, um, you know, these are, some people will have just issues getting to sleep. Some people will have, okay, I'm vaping. Can you hear that? No. Okay, it's just me, um, my keyboard. 
So some people will have issues just getting with, to sleep. And once they fall asleep, they're fine. And some people have issues with um, staying asleep. So they fall asleep, no problem. And some people just have problems all the way across the board. And like you were saying earlier, there are some patients that sleep eight hours a night and they go to bed on time and they wake up, you know, as per their alarm clock, but they wake up completely unrested. They feel like they haven't slept at all, even though they've been asleep for that long. So let's talk about getting to sleep. So this is actually getting into stage one through into two. Um, and this is this is often an issue where a person just can't shut their brain off. So their brain is on high wire, wind up mode, thoughts, 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 racing thoughts, going through their head, worrying, things like that. The to-do list, the to-do list. Um, this can also be a problem with eating too much, like eating dinner too close to bed. Uh, so a large meal eaten too close to bed um, uh, can impact that. So we have patients that sometimes work really, really long hours and they might not be able to eat dinner till 8.30 and they got to be in bed by, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock and they just have a fitful time trying to get to sleep. Um, and it could be also eating just too much. So too much volume of food before bed. Um, People sometimes exercise in the evening. And if you exercise uh, intensively for too long a period of time, basically over 30 minutes, that can actually cause hormone imbalances that can actually keep your awake hormone cortisol um, elevated at the wrong time. And if your cortisol is high going to bed, then you're gonna have a really hard time falling asleep because that is literally counter to the melatonin sleep hormone. So nighttime exercise can be a problem um, as far as that. So it's important to, we'll talk about troubleshooting when uh, to exercise. Blue light is a really big problem for a lot of people. They're on tablets, computers, laptops. They bring like a few devices to bed with them. They've got the TV on. Um, all of that stuff, all of that blue light without any proper filtration or blocking um, to counter that can actually dramatically impact your ability to both get to sleep, but also stay asleep because of its impact on melatonin. So, um, Blue light is a certain wavelength of light that actually it tricks the brain into thinking it's awake. It's it, it tricks the brain into thinking it's morning and daylight and the sun is coming up. And so that messes with the whole circadian rhythm of your cortisol and your melatonin. So melatonin is the sleep hormone. We want melatonin to be high before bed and low when we wake up and we want cortisol the awake hormone to be high by the time we wake up. So it should peak between six and 8 a.m. And it should be at the lowest point, um, you know, before midnight. We don't want to start seeing that switch because if you have cortisol high and you're exposing yourself to blue light and you're tricking the brain into thinking um, that it's, it's daytime, you will block melatonin secretion. And if you block melatonin secretion, you are blocking your sleep hormone. So, um, so that's a, that's a factor that's a problem. Nutrient deficiencies can lead to um, actual deficiencies in some of these hormones or uh, some of the neurotransmitters and their ability to shut the brain off and calm the brain. So we see deficiencies in a neurotransmitter called GABA. Uh, GABA um, is one of four big main neurotransmitters or brain chemicals um, that activate and create certain actions in the brain. GABA is the only one that is inhibitory to uh, a lot of action in the brain. So it's really the one that shuts things off. And um, we see a lot of people with GABA deficiencies. Um, and sometimes there's other neurotransmitter deficiencies that we have to assess for and find, like serotonin. So serotonin deficiency, this is even though this is an excitatory and stimulating brain chemical, it is actually the precursor to melatonin. So if you have serotonin deficiency, then you can also have melatonin deficiency and not be able to actually make enough of your own. Um, and then dopamine deficiency can actually cause um, uh, uh, too much, uh, you know, quick to anger and angry thoughts and worry and um, things like that too. So there, there's a bit of a balance that we have to look at with patients. And then there's other deficiencies like B12 and certain B vitamins like B6. So B6 is needed for serotonin production, which is needed for melatonin production as well as B12. And so even though B12 and B6 and the B vitamins are generally thought of as energizing, of course, um, because they're important for mitochondrial function and energy production in the cell, they also are key factors 
in the production of our sleep hormones and our ability to knock the brain out. So it is very important that, you know, to understand that even some of the things like the vitamins that we think of for energy also is important for maintaining energy by allowing us to also fall asleep and recharge our batteries. So, um, and then uh, CBD, cannabidiol. So this is one of the uh, big extracts from hemp. It's not the THC, it's not the hallucinogenic component, um, but we've read and heard a lot about CBD um, pretty much everywhere now. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. We have a lot of C cannabidiol receptors in our brain and it can have a very calming anti-anxiety effect as well. Um, on their brain. And, and we almost think that we should be, we have so many cannabidiol receptors that we're supposed to be actually consuming <laughs> cannabidiol to some degree. Um, and so there, there may be a somewhat of a deficiency. And then there's a deficiency um, in certain amino acids like taurine that help the body, that help shut the body off as well. So um, elevated cortisol. So we just kind of talked about that. So the things that can cause elevated cortisol um, in total throughout the day, but also before bed, which keeps you in an awake state, um, stress, uh, infection, hormones, pain, and, and medications in some cases. Um, and so, uh, you know, cortisol is the opposite. It's the opposing hormone in the circadian rhythm to melatonin. Um, we have to sort of, there's things that we can control for, and then there's things that we can't control for. So we'll talk about some ways that we can troubleshoot getting back that circadian rhythm and getting cortisol normalized and melatonin normalized when we talk about solutions. And then hormone deficiencies can lead to problems getting to sleep as well as staying asleep, but things like progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. Um, so testosterone deficiency in men um, and sometimes women um, can cause issues as well as progesterone and sometimes too much estrogen and too low progesterone. Sometimes it's, it's actually just getting the balance right. So we also want to um, always take a look at those things as well. So that those are some of the things that can affect um, getting to sleep. Um, as far as things like, uh, you know, well, we'll talk about solutions when we talk about solutions. So <laughs> things that can contribute to pe people having problems staying asleep, um, alcohol. So alcohol too close to bed. People sometimes think, well, alcohol is a depressant. And yes, it is. Um, and alcohol helps me fall asleep. But alcohol can also be the th reason why you wake up too early in the middle of the night. So it may knock you out, but it is going to probably pop you up a lot um, sooner than you want to be popped up. So um, alcohol can actually contribute to very poor quality sleep um, because it, it affects your ability to stay asleep. Um, and then oftentimes um, when someone is awakened because of alcohol, uh, it's very difficult to then shut the brain back off and go back to sleep um, at that point. Um, you, again, eating too much for dinner can affect the ability to stay asleep. This can be a reason why someone may go to bed on time, uh, like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, but you know, one, two, three in the morning, they're waking up because they're actually having some liver gallbladder digestive issues by the time that huge heavy meal gets down the line. So that can be a problem. Um, and then of course, sugar dysregulation. So you might again, have no problem falling asleep. But if you are, for example, having problems if with hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, or if you're a diabetic who's on medication um, and you're either not managing insulin correctly or you're making changes and sugar get too low um, in the middle of the night, if sugar drops too low in the middle of the night, the body will actually send out a stress signal um, and then cortisol will be secreted um, as an attempt to get a release of blood sugar from storage to manage that. And sometimes that will cause a person to wake up. The other thing that can impact this is stress, of course, infections and inflammation, pretty much anything that causes inflammation, um, you know, mental, emotional, physical stress, <laughs> infection, tissue damage, pain, this can cause uh, cortisol to uh, start to spike in the middle of the night. So maybe it's not high before bed, but maybe now it's peaking in the middle of the night. Um, people, when they wake up and they have a, uh, an inflammatory problem versus a hormone problem, uh, this is where they wake up hot, but, but sweaty. So they have hot sweats. Someone's waking up drenched, um, and they're hot. If there's some kind of inflammatory process going on, um, not so much, oh, it's menopause or whatever hormone issues. Um, whereas hormone deficiency, 
you're going to be more apt to have hot flashes, but they're more dry hots. So these are some of the things that we kind of go through and we question in a patient's history. Obviously, pain can be a problem. So if someone has chronic joint pain or back pain or neck pain or some kind of whatever pain, you know, in the middle of the night, you roll over onto that sore spot. Um, that could be a thing that wakes you up. Um, so that's something that needs to be obviously taken care of and handled um, to help a person get uh, to staying asleep better. Again, nutrient deficiencies. So we'll talk about the nutrients that we recommend that we troubleshoot with people. Um, you know, I don't think there's one combination that works for everybody. Everybody's got to kind of find their formula and sometimes it changes depending on life. Um, we talked about infections. Uh, parasites are a big one. So um, it is gross to talk about, but it is something we're all needing to confront um, is the fact that um, humans can walk around and actually have worms and other types of you know, microscopic organisms um, that are not bacteria or viruses or yeast. These are actual um, organisms uh, that have organ systems. And so um, parasites generally tend to be nocturnal. They tend to perk up at night, um, especially around full moons. So there's a little, <laughs> little devil in them. Um, and, but this can actually be an impact on people's sleep as well. Um, and then toxins. So whether there's toxins in the room or the home that you're sleeping in, or you're being exposed to toxins elsewhere that, that the body is trying to actually flush out at night, um, which can cause some issues, um, whether it's chemicals, uh, dust, mold, pollen, things like that. And then the temperature of your room, if your room is too hot, um, you know, warm gets us to sleep but it cool actually keeps us asleep because um, the whole metabolism of the body drops. You're in deep sleep. Your blood pressure's low. Everything's low. You actually need a more cool environment. Um, so sometimes it's kind of tinkering around with the before bed temperature and how, how that's going to um, maintain at night. Um, so a room being generally too hot um, is a challenge uh, for the body as far as staying asleep. And then quality of sleep. So we, like we said, we have patients that sleep a full eight hours by the clock and they just don't feel like they ever get enough sleep. They don't feel rested. They feel like they were never, they were, some people say it was like I was awake all night, even though I was asleep, I was awake. It's like, it's like they're not getting into the deep sleep phases. So um, the same things that could contribute to problems with getting to sleep and staying asleep could obviously affect quality of sleep. Um, get, you really want to start troubleshooting um, if you are actually getting enough sleep and not, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, you're getting to bed on time, then you might have to actually look at, um, you know, are you getting enough deep sleep and enough REM sleep? And we'll talk about solutions for how to figure that out. Um, other nutrient deficiencies like zinc and taurine, which is an amino acid, and L-glycine, which is another amino acid. Um, sometimes these amino acids, which can get uh, L-glycine, for example, gets very, very, very burnt up um, if the body's requirement for glutathione goes up. And we talked about glutathione in our COVID webinars, the last couple of COVID webinars. You know, glutathione is your master antioxidant. It is the big cancer preventative in your system. It is part of your detox pathways and we are being bombarded with so much toxicity. Um, and uh, if you become deficient in glutathione um, or your requirements for glutathione are very high, you can actually become deficient in L-glycine because that's one of the precursors um, to glutathione. So, um, and L-glycine deficiency is terrible for deep sleep. Uh, or lack of deep sleep. Um, so we definitely need that. It's also important for maintaining muscle mass and you know tissue rebuilding, and, and that's part of the sleep process. Lack of exercise completely can start to affect your ability to get into deep sleep. We actually secrete certain hormones in the body um, with intense exercise um, that are designed to help knock us out at night and regenerate brain and regenerate muscle, muscle tissue. Uh, noise or noise making things that are not like white noise, like flat white noise. So things that, things that um, you know, if you leave the TV on at night. So for example, if you, if you need the TV to fall asleep or you need some kind of noise to fall asleep, but that same device could actually be a problematic with you getting into deep sleep. 
um, and getting good quality REM sleep because it keeps you, it, it keeps you too high in your sleep stages. Um, loud noises outside, things like that. So, um, you know, are people up around the house on different schedules and stuff? Uh, so obviously we want to mitigate that. Sleep apnea. So we have a lot of patients that have uh, either metabolic uh, cause of sleep apnea, neuro metabolic neurological cause of sleep apnea with, you know, some paralysis, almost like neuropathy um, in their throat area. And then there's actual obstructive sleep apnea. So um, if that's the case, then you're literally not able to, you're waking up in a panic. The body's waking you up. Sometimes uh, I've seen sleep studies where they wake up like a hundred times a night. They're not even aware of it, but they never get into deep sleep and they never get into REM because, because their body's always going so low oxygen. It's like, it's like panicking them to, to take a deep breath, take a deep breath, take it. They never get into that deep sleep um, situation. And if they do, they just get oxygen cut off, which is not good. And then um, EMF. So electromagnetic fields. Um, we get a lot of exposure to EMF. Our wire homes are all wireless now. We've got all these wireless gadgets, wireless internet, uh, wireless TV, wireless laptops, wireless. <laughs> and all of that is creating this constant barrage of, um, of electric magnetic uh, uh, data that's just bombarding the body. Um, so, and it may not even be something in the house. Maybe there's, you're, you've got EMF towers or you've got uh, transistors. Uh, we had a patient once who, oh my gosh, he moved from Maryland to Colorado. He, uh, there was some kind of transistor or something like literally outside of his house that apparently was emitting so much EMF and they didn't even have any real idea except they moved in. It was a brand new house. And he said, sometimes the hair on his arms would like stand up <laughs> just being in certain rooms. And, um, and sadly, of course, he ended up getting prostate cancer and all these other issues. Um, until we were able to get them out of the house, they, they discovered that this transistor was emitting so much radio frequency and it was right behind his house. And so they, he actually was able to get people in to block it and, and whatnot. But um, it may not even be something inside your house. You know, smart meters can be a problem for people too. So, so those are things that can impact quality of sleep, even if you are asleep for the entire night. All right. So I guess everybody wants to know what can they do about all these problems? So let's kind of put it all together, put all these pieces together. Yes. So let's uh, let's go through. And this is this is a comprehensive list and it's still not a complete full list because we could be here probably for six hours talking about sleep. So these are some basic, basic things that people can just start doing, taking, um, implementing. Um, and I've, I've actually put this into a file with uh, links and some product names for things that I've used, things that we've recommended to patients. Once you start searching around, you can kind of see what's out there. And you can start slowly sort of um, hacking and troubleshooting your sleep um, just by kind of going down the checklist. So the most important thing is to set the stage. And you have to really, when I, when I say set the stage, is you have to set your room like a womb, basically. <laughs> You want dark, cool, clean, and mean. You don't want a lot of like electronic gadgets. You ideally there would be, and I people go into a panic when I say this, but ideally there'd be no TV in your room, um, especially the the smart TVs. Like why even just have it there? Even if you don't watch it at night, we don't know what these things are actually emitting, uh, even when they're plugged in. So I would wouldn't keep computers, laptops. Um, you know, if you're going to use those things and, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're using them in another room and um, you're not in bed with a TV on and a laptop on and a cell phone on. If you do um, use a device like a reading device or if you're reading on a, on, a, on a phone or something like that before bed, make sure you have blue blockers. So you can get blue blocker glasses. You can get blue blocker apps that you can download onto your phone. Dr. Tom's going to show you his blue blocker. Now, these are these will block almost 100 percent of the blue light, which sometimes makes it actually hard to read something if there's blue on the screen. Um, but you can get, uh, I've got a link on your handout that uh, for some uh, some blue locker glasses that, you know, they'll block 60% of the blue blue light. So you'll still be able to kind of make, you know, make sense of what you're looking at. But um, 
that actually can make a huge difference. And even just downloading those blue blocker apps on your phone can help as well. Um, and then uh, if you need, if you have a, a, a noise problem or, um, you know, if there's some kind of situation that you don't really have a lot of control over as far as noise, um, it, you may want to just get a noise machine or a white noise machine. Um, those are very inexpensive. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them pretty much anywhere. Pink noise is another noise that they're talking about that can help a lot with sleep as well. But that can just kind of like it can level out, obviously, um, any blips or sudden on offs that can kind of jar the body awake. Um, exercise right. So first of all, it's good to exercise, be active during the day. So if you're at a sit down job, you want to be taking breaks, you want to get up, walk around. Um, you know, uh, I'm fortunate in the office here, my office right now is upstairs. So I'm kind of forced to, to do stairs all day. So that keeps me nice and active, but, but actually having an intense workout a few times a week, uh, up to 30 minutes of intense exercise, but you want that to be in the high cortisol time of the day, not before bed. So we recommend sometime before noon is when you should ideally get these high burst uh, exercise uh, in. And that's kind of naturally when your body wants to do that anyways. Um, so you want to do things like uh, relaxation things before bed, more melatonin inducing activities. So that might be reading. Um, it might be actually reading a book instead of, um, you know, from a tablet, if you're really, really sensitive to, to the light, um, it could be listening to some quiet meditative music, um, yoga. If you're watching TV, TV at night, maybe you have to be a little more selective about what you watch and what you don't watch. You know, news before bed just gets people riled up and jacked up. Um, and, and there's so much happening that we really don't have control over all over the world that, you know, uh, it's just, and honestly, how much is going to change between, you know, nine, nine o'clock at night and nine o'clock in the morning. So um, time when you actually maybe look at at news that gets you riled up. Um, and then also sometimes it's filtering out who you talk to and who you don't talk to <laughs> at night. So, you know, getting into these, you know, conversations with friends and family at 10 o'clock at night about blah, blah, drama, sometimes that can pe keep people riled up. So being very protective of that wind down time is really important um, as far as that goes. And then um, like, you know, maybe watching comedy or something a little more lighthearted uh, to kind of just sort of get your mind off of like all the stressful events that are happening. Um, and now, Another thing that you can do after dinner, which can be more relaxing, is going for a walk. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking a stroll around the neighborhood because that's not really super high intensity. Um, and if it's just a nice relaxing walk, it's nice to get some space, get out, get some fresh air, and that can sometimes be a good, a good thing. Um, eating is very important. What is happening in your intestines and your digestive system throughout the evening is so critical. So you definitely want to follow and mind a schedule. The body is like a baby and it needs a schedule. Um, you need to be going to bed at the, I mean, I'm kind of four and six kind of at the same time, but um, you need to be asleep between 10 and midnight. You need to be awake between six and eight and try as much as you can to stick to that schedule um, because that hormone rhythm is not something that adjusts quickly and can handle changes day to day. Um, and that rhythm is extremely important. Um, which also means if you're going to be getting to bed between, you know, 10 and midnight, you want to be having dinner, uh, ideally three hours before you actually go to bed. So you don't want to be going to bed on a super heavy, full stomach, um, because that's going to lead to the higher likelihood of waking up in the middle of the night. Um, you definitely don't want to eat too much all at one time. And you also don't want to eat too little. So you don't want to be going to bed hungry. You don't want to be going to bed with low blood sugar. Sometimes patients will have an early dinner, like eat at five o'clock, um, six o'clock. They go to bed at 10, 11. That's a pretty big window for some people. So you might have to have a small snack before bed, but that's just something to keep your sugar stable throughout the night, especially for those of you that have hypoglycemia, a nice high protein, high fat snack at night. Um, and then for for diabetics also that's something to, to look at doing. And for some of our patients, we've had a troubleshoot where they get a little starch before bed and that's what actually keeps them 
their blood sugar stable um, and, and supported through the night. Um, following the plate rule, I know you guys hear me say this, uh, we're gonna post the plate rule for anyone that's on that doesn't have a copy of it. But this is basically um, you know, how your meals should look and be structured as far as 75% vegetables, a good quality uh, you know, quarter of your plate, three to six ounces is good quality protein, wild caught fish, free range, chicken, poultry, uh, grass fed, grass finished um, red meat and things like that. And then lots of healthy fats uh, are really important. Remember 70% of your brain is fat. So we don't wanna skimp out on that. And then you can also do calming things as part of your dinner um, and evening ritual. And you can have calming teas. I would just caution against too much liquid before bed. People like to catch up on all the water they didn't get in in the middle of the day, and they try to guzzle you know, gallons of water from dinner to bedtime. You'll be up peeing a million times and you will mess up your sleep. You're almost better off going to bed dehydrated and waking up and hydrating early in the morning. So just watch as far as that goes, um, because we do have to cut some people off and that also can play, be a factor too with medications. If you're on medications like diuretics or things that on purpose try to make you go to the bathroom um, and you're told that you have to take those in the evening, then you may wanna really watch and limit how much water you're consuming in the latter part of the day and consume more of your fluid in the earlier part of the day so that you're able to sleep longer periods of time. Um, it's good mattress, good pillow. <laughs> Um, this is important. So there's, you know, there's a pillow that we measure patients for, for that, that accommodates side and back sleeping. Cause that, you know, you want to make sure your airways open when you're on your back, you want to make sure your shoulders are supported and your neck supported when you're on your side. So you don't have shoulder pain and neck pain and things like that. Um, and a good mattress. Sometimes you just, it's time for a new mattress. Some, you got to flip your mattress. You got to rotate your mattress. Sometimes you need to put a, you know, a mattress pad on top of it to shore it up if you're not in a position to get a new mattress now. I did put some um, uh, brand names that um, tend to be good uh, uh, as far as you know, organic mattresses and things that are fairly economical and firm. Um, too firm might, might not be good. <laughs> we just got back from a family's house and their mattress in the spare room is definitely too firm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then of course too soft isn't isn't really good either. So you just kind of have to figure out what what works for you. Um, uh, we talked about regular schedules. So you know, asleep before midnight, up between six a eight a.m. You try 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 to keep that uh, that schedule as much as you possibly can. Um, eat, exercise, and everything in the daytime on a schedule as well. So. Um, ideally, your intense exercise, if you do it in the morning, is generally always done in the morning. And that keeps a rhythm um, for your body. Getting sunlight, getting outside and getting actual sunlight exposure in the early part of the day is very important. So um, we are stuck inside. It's a good idea if you can even at lunchtime to get out and walk um, early in the morning if it's really hot. Um, that light from the sun, that full spectrum of exposure into the eyes actually stimulates um, the blocking of melatonin at that time of the day and the awake hormone. So it helps with the circadian rhythm management, okay? Um, and then of course, minimizing your LED and blue light at night. So blue light blocking glasses, blue light filters for your computer screens, whatever, slowly start looking at, um, you know, if you're going to be on the devices, then you need these blue light blockers. Or if you can just do away with using the devices a couple hours before bed, um, then that's, that would, you know, you wouldn't need to, to buy extra, you know, blue light glasses or whatever. And some of the phones have them built in too. They have a, yeah, you've got blue light blocking abilities now in a lot of these smart phones. Um, now one way that you can troubleshoot, um, you know, whether or not you're getting enough deep sleep and the quality of your sleep is good. And this can sometimes be helpful at telling you what supplements you want to bring in and nutrients you want to kind of uh, try to troubleshoot with. Because there's so many different things that you could consume that are good for sleep. Um, is getting some kind of monitor or um, you know uh, something that can measure your actual phases of sleep. So, Dr. Tom and I have an Aura Ring. I put the link in the in the file that you guys can download. Um, the Aura Ring measures your heart rate, heart rate variability, pulse rate, and then it actually measures all the phases of sleep. 
it tracks your activity levels. Um, and so for me, it was really important for me to see um, when I first started using it, I was getting enough sleep, but uh, sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night for a chunk and I was getting very little deep sleep um, uh, when we started using this. And so my thing to really troubleshoot for me was, okay, what can I do for deep sleep? And so that's where I brought in a few different supplements for me, um, which I'll show you at the end what my cocktail is. Um, but that can help you determine what types of supplements you want to troubleshoot with. A lot of people have already tried melatonin and didn't get results or didn't notice a difference. And that's probably simply because you're not handling the actual why of your sleep issues. Um, so you can't just have, you know, all these things that we've talked about so far completely out, you know, TV on and, you know, blah, blah, and all this going on. And, and you just pop a little melatonin pill. The other thing is, is a lot of people just take too much, believe it or not, you, you generally don't want to be taking a lot. You want to be stimulating your body to take, to make its own. So, um, that's where, you know, uh, trypto, uh, tryptamine and, uh, um, uh, some other like, uh, serotonin, like we talked about 5-HTP, some of these herbs are important. B6, zinc, they're like the precursors are important. Um, so, but we do have melatonin products. We've got, um, we've got an extended release that allows a little bit of it at a time throughout the night. So it keeps melatonin in the system that can help with duration of sleep. Um, and then melodissolve is something that, um, it's just a little dissolve. It's a three milligram tab that you, uh, microgram tab that you dissolve in the mouth. So it's very quick, uh, to help. And so some people will leave that by their bed. If they tend to pop up at night, they can pop a dissolvable. It's real tiny. And then that can help knock them out. Some people, when they take melatonin, they wake up feeling totally drowsy. Um, and so, uh, I don't actually end up prescribing melatonin to a lot of people, but some people do well with it. And obviously that's something that um, they may need help with. GABA is that neurotransmitter that more people need help with as far as shutting the brain off and um, you know helping with getting and staying to sleep. So we have a pump called GABAplex um, that's liposomal nanoparticle. It can help actually get into the blood, the blood brain barrier uh, to really help with that. And then we have a powder called Neurocom um, that has GABA, taurine, L-theanine, and some uh, forms of magnesium in it. Um, there's a certain magnesium called magnesium threonate, which is in our Neuromag. Magnesium threonate, there's all these different forms of magnesium. Magnesium threonate actually is what the brain uses. So um, if you're talking about sleep and troubleshooting sleep, then that's the one um, that I would use for that. And then our glycine max is a pure L-glycine amino acid powder. Um, and you can take anywhere from 3000 grams to, uh, or sorry, three grams, 3000 milligrams to 4,000 milligrams, um, a day of glycine. Uh, this is the one I think a lot of people are actually missing and need, even though it's, you know, not essential, but we need it for our, um, shutting the brain off and glutathione replenishment and muscle ma muscle maintenance. So glycine max is uh, something that can be used. We have an herb complex. We have two herb complexes. Uh, one is called Corticom that has magnolia and ashwagandha and theanine. So these are different herbs that help with uh, calming the body. Um, and Adaptamax, this is something that can be taken throughout the day. It will not make you tired, but it will, it will help reduce um, anxiety um, helps kind of people feel calm. And that's got some ashwagandha and ginseng and holy basil and some other herbs as well. Each one of these has been researched to help with, you know, reducing anxiety, uh, lowering, lowering the perception of stress. So we're all under stress, but this can help lower your perception of it and help with contributing to shutting the brain off, um, making you feel less stressed. Uh, and then methylation, methylation plex is our very specific B complex that has B12, B6, B9, and B2. And these are very important brain Bs and nerve Bs um, as far as the making of melatonin and serotonin. So these are some precursors along with zinc and bio C. Now, if you guys have been tracking with us all this time through the last year with our webinars, especially the COVID webinars, we've been recommending bees, we've been recommending Bio-C, we've been recommending zinc. So you probably have these in. Same thing with vitamin D. Um, 
So it might just be some other troubleshooting that needs to happen with the addition of some of these other uh, herb complexes in addition to vitamin C and zinc and uh, methylation plaques. These are all precursors uh, for melatonin. You definitely wanna look at countering EMF exposure. So electromagnetic field exposure. You can actually, um, and I've put some links in the list that I'm gonna post for you guys, the file. Uh, if Dr. Tom wants to do that, um, yep. yeah, that'd be great. Um, but you can get things like things that can help reset your own electromagnetic field, which gets very disrupted by our exposure to all the Wi-Fi and EMF. Um, you can do things like grounding mats and pillowcases. These are things that you actually plug into the wall that have silver fibers in them. And they actually act to neutralize um, external EMF and help uh, uh, reset to help your body reset its own um, magnetic field. You can you can purchase on Amazon EMF readers. I you know phones have these apps. I don't know how I don't know how reliable the phone apps are, but you can probably try them um, and see if there's you know a lot of EMF uh, in the in the room with you. A lot of uh, you know kind of dirty dirty magnetic fields. There's things like earthing where you can go barefoot. You need to spend certain times of the day barefoot, um, ideally not in the house, but also outside. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, then you know wear a pair of really thin flip-flops. But the, the, the best time to earth or ground, which helps kind of plug you back in and recharge your EMF, your own electromagnetic field, um, is early in the morning when the sun's coming up. You can actually, if the sun is low enough in the sky, you can actually look directly at the sun at that time. And that's very good uh, for the brain, uh, the pineal gland and helping reset your sleep-wake cycles. Um, and so there's there's things that you can do. There's, there's mats that you can put under your feet when you're working at a computer. There's mats that you can sleep on. And so I've put links in the, uh, in the file for you guys to kind of just check those things out. Um, those would be sort of, you know, you know if, if you're doing all these other things and you just wanna add the additional, you know, extra protection. Um, if above, if all the above fails and you've tinkered around and you've troubleshooted and you've tried a bunch of stuff, then you may actually need to get some testing done um, to dig a little deeper, whether that's hormone testing, uh, a full functional blood panel so we can actually see, you know, all your organ functions generally, your vitamin levels generally, you know, um, is there potential sign of infections? We can sometimes detect a, a potential for parasites. Uh, with what white blood cell breakdown so looking at those things can indicate well maybe we need to actually test more for that versus that so infections toxins nutrient deficiencies maybe you need a sleep study like you might need to actually get a cpap machine um, and people don't like that idea but they're way streamlined now um, and they could make or break you know a, a really good night's sleep um, and there's a whole bunch of other things that we might be doing, like meridian testing, if we got to dig deeper for parasites and heavy metal toxicity and things like that. Um, um, even something like going to the dentist and getting your teeth checked, if you haven't done that in a while, stuff that's going on in the mouth can also affect your uh, ability to get into a really good, long, nice, deep sleep. So that was a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, I kept it under an hour. <laughs> Um, and you, you might have more questions than you have answers, but, but you're going to have a file that you can print out that has links, like I said, and you can start doing a little bit of your own kind of, you know, recon. And then of course, this is my combination. This is what I had to troubleshoot with my aura ring to figure out <laughs> what keeps me asleep. Um, what gets me to sleep, keeps me asleep and gets me into deep sleep. Cause I really had to troubleshoot deep sleep for myself. Um, and so for me, I take uh, uh, literally right before bed, I uh, take three powders, a scoop of each of the Neuromag, the Neurocom and the Glycine Max. So I take one scoop of each um, in about two to three ounces of water. It's literally just enough water to swallow four small capsules. Um, and it's just enough water to dilute this enough like uh, to get it all into solution. I don't want to drink a lot of fluid before bed because I will get up and urinate and I don't want to do that. Uh, it's, some, it's hard for me to fall back asleep when I have to do that. So I can get through the night um, on one bladder. <laughs> and 
if I limit what I drink with dinner and I uh, stick with just my two to three ounces of, of liquid. So I mix the one scoop of each of these uh, in my few ounces of water. And then, um, and I let that dissolve really, really well. And then I take two Corticom capsules and two Adaptamax capsules, and that is my formula. <laughs> so I've tried one, I've tried, this is what works for me. I take Adaptamax earlier in the day also. So my, my day for Adaptamax, because that, that, you know, we're under chronic stress. We have a lot of stuff coming at us, um, just managing our day to day. So that this is my ongoing support. So I take two capsules of Adaptamax for breakfast and I take two right before bed. I take two Corticom right before bed. I generally don't need Corticom during the day. Um, but sometimes if I just feel a little amped, I will as far as that goes. Now, this is not all the supplements I take, but this is my sleep cocktail. <laughs> this is my before bed cocktail. Um, and then I will go to bed with a book. And sometimes I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm on my smartphone reading, but I have my blue light blocker glasses and I have my blue light block on the phone. And, uh, I, this is what knocks me out. And this is what pretty much keeps me out now. Um, so I'm able to get a full night's sleep and I'm able to get, uh, I was able to double, triple the percentage of deep sleep um, when I brought the glycine max in with the other two powders. So that was my troubleshooting. So, um, you know, be patient. It's very easy when you have insomnia or sleep issues to get really frustrated, right? You start becoming a clock watcher and your anxiety about not falling asleep can start to keep you up even more. And then you get anxiety, you get anxiety about even trying to fall asleep. So you just, you just like, you know, stay up all night, like be patient with trying to troubleshoot that. And if you're having trouble, this is what we can help you with. Um, and we, we may have to just dig a little deeper and kind of figure out, you know, what, what you've been exposed to or what is likely possibly going on. And there may be multiple things. One of the most important things I found was the, the schedule staying on a consistent schedule. I can definitely see when I'm not on a consistent schedule, my sleep, the quality of my sleep is, is just wrecked. I mean, if I'm not, you know, I need to stay on a pretty tight schedule. So that's, that's super important. So, um, and the fun thing about the aura ring is it will, it will try to encourage you it, it almost acts like your personal sleep assistant, <laughs> which makes it makes it easier to be compliant or something for some reason, because you don't you're not telling yourself to go to bed at a certain time. Your aura ring is telling you the ideal time for you to sleep is between whatever and whatever. Um, the aura ring wants Dr. Tom to go to sleep about an hour before I do. And that that actually kind of works out. So <laughs> in our world. But anyways, it doesn't have to be an aura ring. There's like Fitbits. And I put another link in your file that for you guys to download for, you know, there's a sleep site that has like the top 10, you know, sleep measuring gadgets. Um, as far as that goes, we I just found the aura ring was very streamlined. It's it fits on the finger. I hardly notice I have it on. So because if I have to wear a bracelet or some other that stuff will wake me up at, at night, too. Um, you know, we, I got to be pretty lean and mean, no jewelry for the most part, uh, when I'm sleeping. So that's just, that's just mine. Okay. So, um, for anyone interested, um, or feeling like they need, you know, to kind of dig a little deeper as far as, you know, you know, what tests should we run, uh, what you've tried so far that might not be working, um, things like that, then, uh, you know, feel free to call Cedric at the office. And I think Dr. Tom will post a link to that you can just click to schedule a functional medicine consultation. Um, we'll dig into your history a little bit and kind of figure out where your sleep issues are likely if you feel like you need extra help. Otherwise, I'm going to go through um, and kind of scroll through back through here and just see what questions people may have. If you have questions, go ahead and post them in the chat now. Now's yeah. a good time. I also posted the link to that'll take you over to our calendar and you'll be able to see what times we have available if you want a, a sleep consultation also if anybody had any like reception issues or if there was some qual sound quality issues you'll get a replay link as well you'll get a replay link that you can share with other people um so we're going to post this one on our on our blog so it'll be on our blog you'll see the the sleep webinar it'll also be posted on our podcast as well 
Yes. So question about CBD. So um, we actually have a product in our office that's liposomal nanoparticles. So again, it's very easy to absorb through the, the mouth, very easy to absorb into cells. Um, you know, Bob was mentioning that it has a, a it has a long half-life, um, but it's, it's a very potent anti-inflammatory. Like I actually take CBD, our CBD in the morning, and sometimes I'll take it at night. And I don't take it necessarily to sleep, but I take it because it's, it just helps with, you know, non-inflammatory brain function. Um, we have patients that take it that it, it helps reduce their anxiety. Um, so if people tend to be like on that shaky anxiety side, even taking it during the day, um, you know, some people are taking it multiple times a day. Some people are taking it twice a day. Um, and so uh, ours is the um, oh, Colorado Gold uh, that we have from Quicksilver scientific, which is a really, really good quality liposomal nanoparticle. Um, and that's, that's probably the best stuff. Um, as far as pain goes, it can help a lot with pain and there's, you know, CBD creams, uh, the nano, the Colorado gold, you can actually, because it's liposomal nanoparticle absorbed very, very easily into through skin. So if you've got like knee pain or some kind of nerve pain, you can, you can actually target that area. Um, as far as that goes, Okay, so um, yes, there are drugs uh, for sleep. There are drugs, you know, uh, and Benadryl, for example, um, you know, a lot of people that have central nervous system inflammation and have a really hard time shutting the brain off and have not literally slept in a very long time, uh, it will sometimes have them actually go get over-the-counter Benadryl, even if it's just a half, <laughs> half a dose to just initially get them to sleep, but you just, Benadryl is not a good long-term solution because, um, you know, these things can actually impact our brain function in the long run, but they can help handle something in the short term while we're troubleshooting, um, some things, um, as far as that goes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so tryptophan, um, is, is a good, it's a good option. You know, natural sources of tryptophan are things like turkey. That's why people fall asleep on turkey day. Um, so, but you can, uh, you can buy tryptophan. One of our supplements that we have from uh, Apex Energetics is, is called Serotone. And it actually has some 5-HTP and some tryptophan in it. Um, and uh, you don't really need more than 200 to 300 milligrams uh, a day. Uh, we don't want to overdo a lot of these things um, as far as, uh, you know, some of these precursors goes. Uh, and we don't want to create grogginess um, or, uh, you know, an immunity to it as well. But yeah, tryptophan is something that can be brought in. Some people, because we, we do a test in the office, it's a urine test called organic acid testing, where we can actually test precursors and metabolites. And some people don't um, should not be getting tryptophan because it can shunt you actually down the incorrect pathway to brain inflammation, especially if you have underlying infections, um, whether it's yeast, bacteria, parasites. Um, so I don't do a lot of prescribing of tryptophan. I would be more apt to do 5-HTP if someone needed more serotonin. Um, but again, it goes to handling the problem, right? So if, if you're having a problem with brain inflammation, because of an infection or an overgrowth or parasites, then really we want to we want to figure that out and start targeting that instead of trying to band-aid even with supplements. Um, this is why sometimes a supplement will work for a while and then it doesn't. <laughs> um, if something works for a while and doesn't, and then works for a while and doesn't, there is some kind of underlying problem. And really you start to have you have to start looking for things like infestations and infections and hormone imbalances and other things. Um, uh, as far as that goes, um, okay. Use a sleep number bed. Yeah. Sleep number beds can keep couples happy, right? Cause you can make one side of the bed a little firm for you and <laughs> softer for the other person. Um, okay. So magnesium. Yep. Magnesium. There's actually magnesium glycinate. That's one of the forms of magnesium that we sell in the office in our Magplex. And that's a glycine form of magnesium. So you get glycine and magnesium in there together. Um, the three and eight is really what I take for brain um, and troubleshooting deep sleep and brain. Okay. So uh, the handout, 
Did you post the handout, Dr. Tom? Yeah, the handout's posted. So you Where should be able to see, that? let's see. Um, so there's the plate rule and that's sharing and you should be able to download that. And then there's the handout titled sleep. You should be able to download that. And then we also posted the Dr. Steph's webinar follow-up consultation. It should be a blue button that says schedule my consultation and you would click on that and that'll take you over to our calendar. And then um, someone said, uh, Cindy said, Corticom and Adaptamax helped me get through super stressful days at work. Yes, this is the thing that can really take like that kind of, I'm on the edge of losing my mind kind of anxiety, that shakiness that, you know, that can take that away so that when nighttime comes, you're able to uh, start to relax. The funny thing that happens with people when, when they start a program with us, and they start, we start changing their diet for them and individualizing their supplements and kind of getting them on a schedule. They're like, Dr. Steph, it's like so annoying. Like, like I'm tired now after dinner. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of supposed to be tired after dinner. Like if you have dinner around, you know, six o'clock at night, you know, by seven, eight o'clock, you should be in wind down mode. You your body should be getting ready <laughs> to put itself to bed. You're not like, you know, getting ready to go out and party. So that's, that's actually a normal thing. <laughs> have really high amounts of energy at night at, during the day, and then be starting to kind of get into a, you know, a calm, peaceful wind down mode between eight and 10. So that by 10, 11, you're actually asleep. Okay, so ginseng is actually, um, I can't remember if it's in our Corticom or if it's in our, our Adaptamax, but those are both very good comprehensive herb complexes that have, so you don't have to buy like all these individual herbs and things that you can read about um, as far as that goes. Um, okay, so someone has a question about cortisol. Okay, so someone wakes up, so someone might've done a saliva test where they did like they had high cortisol um, early in the morning. So that means something in the middle of the night is causing your cortisol to come up during the night. If your cortisol is high before bed, um, then that's a different handling that we have to work on. But the things that can raise nighttime cortisol too soon, too fast are crashes in blood sugar or blood sugar dysregulation. So this is where a snack before bed, making sure you're you know, if you're on insulin, you're not taking too much and crashing in the middle of the night, or it may be hormones or an infection. And by hormones, I mean, progesterone, estrogen, um, whatever. Um, if you are um, eating foods, if you've never done food testing with us, and you're eating foods that can cause inflammation and food reactions, then these reactions can sometimes manifest at night as well. And that those, um, those can cause your cortisol uh, cortisol, um, markers to be high at night. Usually we will see all those things regulate and actually come down into normal once we start managing the schedule. So you want to be on a tight schedule, like Dr. Tom said, and then slowly going through the checklist of handling the causes of your inflammation. Are there any infections? Are there any hormone issues? Things like that. Uh, deep sleep. Okay. So out of the eight hours of sleep, um, roughly like 21% of that sleep should be minimally deep. You wanna be, if you can target for an hour, you are in rock star mode um, as far as that goes. Um, someone asked about 5G, yes. I I think, you know, the more, the more Gs you have, <laughs> the more trouble we're gonna be in. These are the microwaves that actually go right into us. Um, and, uh, I think it's going to be infecting us because if you go back even as far as, you know, Russian data that was posted, we talked about this early on in COVID last year about the impact of 5G on the system. Uh, it's very similar symptoms to COVID. 5G has, you know, similar effects on the body. And it, it's very much a problem with, um, with disturbing your normal circadian rhythm. Uh, anything that disturbs brain function, for sure. Um, can impact that. Um, okay, the links. Uh, so someone just asked, they see the files. So if you, they see the files, but they don't see the links. So the links are in the files. So when you actually open the sleep file, it's it's the list of the things that I went through, but with some uh, some product names that you can search for or links 
that you can, you know, right click out of the file. So you just have to open the file. I didn't post any links specifically in here because there's just too many. Um, okay. So someone asked about night terrors um, besides sleeping in a cool room. Um, so anyone that's experiencing night terrors, nightmares, it could be one of two things or maybe one thing that's causing both things. Um, parasites. Uh, we, I'm now doing meridian testing with patients to um, determine if there are organic parasites potentially. And by organic, I mean not just in the intestines, but also in organs. Uh, very common uh, thing for people in this country to be walking around with parasites. Uh, and we don't have to be living in a third world country. You could just be sitting out on your back deck and get bit by a mosquito. And then 10 years later, you've had this overgrowth of parasites in your system you didn't know. Parasites are nocturnal and they can contribute to those things. The other thing that um, that uh, impacts, parasites can cause something called bruxism or like grinding tension in the jaw, which then actually puts pressure on the trigeminal nerve, which causes your brain to stay in constant hyperactive nightmare kind of situation. So nightmares, uh, things like that can be impacted by bite. So you might have to have your bite assessed. That's something that we can check with the Meridian machine. But we can also check to see if parasites are underlying that. It is more common than not, I will tell you. Um, and there's no stool test on the planet that will catch something that could be somewhere else actually in the body. Um, and it's estimated that only 10% uh, of stool samples actually may have something that a lab tech might find um, when looking for those things. So I know that's just not fun stuff to talk about, but you know, you kind of want to know if that's what's going on so that we can handle it and kill it and get rid of it and move on with life. Um, okay. So, all right. So that was, again, that was a lot of information sometimes in a list of that much information, a few things resonate you with, with you at first as things that you should be looking at trying. So go through the list, see what resonates with you, start looking at easy things to confront, to bring in and see if that makes a difference. And then if you need any help with, with troubleshooting, um, you can see sometimes you have to go very individualized with people <laughs> sometimes. Um, and uh, usually what handles sleep issues handles a lot of other chronic issues and vice versa. So uh, feel free to call the office and schedule an appointment. Um, you can call and do that with Cedric or you can click the link. Um, there might be some appointment times for you. And, um, and uh, once again, I hope you guys found that really helpful and we will see you again for another Living Health Live. Good night guys.